Welcome back to the sixth episode of Self-Care with me, David Self, your friendly neighborhood GBF with a passion for self-care and getting people to talk about their feelings. With me today is probably the most patient person in the world, putting up with my disorganization and sudden and recent fear of work after 5 p.m., Georgia Mayer. Hi, David. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Me too. It's been a long time since we've been able to chat and um, actually connect. So this is special. It has. I can't believe that it's been over three years since we worked together. I know. And like so much has happened in that three years. So much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want to just take a second and kind of share your story with the crowd? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My name is Georgia Mayer. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I live here with my boyfriend and my golden retriever, Finn. Primarily for work, I've been working as a consultant. Um, I work for the Microsoft client, and I've been with them for the past four years. So yeah, it definitely leads me into just the topic of this podcast and Mm -hmm. all of the time that we haven't been able to connect. So um, a lot's been happening in the last four years, that's for sure. Definitely. I am so excited to dive in. But first and foremost, I think we need to discuss Finn. He's the world's most photogenic dog. Finn is definitely my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) He has so much personality. He's a 90 pound just cuddle bug, pretty much. He is glued to my hip each day, just kind of he sleeps. He loves to eat, very food motivated. So yeah. We have that in common. Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's just like, I say, like I tell people, he's like 90% human and 10% dog. He just Mm -hmm. truly understands me on like an emotional level. And then also just gives me all that love that I need. And um, just truly is my best friend in dog form. That's for sure. Absolutely. Is he signed with a dog modeling agency yet? I feel like your Instagram photos of him are so perfect. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I wish. Right now it's just building his Instagram page that's been more fun for me to just manage in general. Just seeing all the different dogs interact with him. Oh yeah. The dog community on Instagram is, it's a whole world there. Oh yeah. Bo has an Instagram He's not very active because his dad can't get it together and manage more than one thing at a time. But it's, it's funny, like these pet Instagrams, like they're active, they're like networking with other pets. Like, I don't know. Some people get really into it. And I mean, go them because they're getting free food and clothes and all of these like cool amenities. Um, (laughs) We're not quite there yet, but like you said, it's like sometimes just hard to manage one thing at a time. So yeah, for me, it's like, it's a, just a place that I can spam <laughs> everyone with Finn photos. That's not my personal account because yeah. right now I take at least a picture of him a day. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I feel like my camera roll since quarantine started is even more just bow pictures and videos now, probably like 95% bow and then maybe like 5% memes that I screenshot. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's how mine looks too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure his golden locks and big puppy dog eyes have helped, but how have you been surviving quarantine mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all the things? He definitely has been the biggest help, I think, especially just in the sense of getting outside and going on walks. Mm-hmm. That's been, I feel like, 
the one consistent thing that I've done since last March when all of this started to be a thing. And so just having him to be able to like actually push me to go outside and keep part of like a normal routine has been probably just the biggest blessing there. But aside from that, I recently got a Peloton, which has been so fun. And I'm definitely just obsessed with my bike and the classes. And I think just mentally, it's provided the release that I needed when I was going to the actual cycle studios, Mm -hmm. especially when in March, when everything started to officially close down and all the studios officially closed their doors. That was the biggest thing that I realized right away that like going to my spin class at 5 p.m. every day, that was what was helping me like release all the work stress at the end of the day and like really step away and not have my phone or have any technology. And so when that went away, instantly I knew like I needed to find something else and I tried all the home workouts and videos and everything and nothing was really like clicking for me or nothing was giving me that release Mm. that like a spin class was. And so that led me to getting a Peloton. And since then, I feel like that's been just a huge help in all of that. I'm so excited to hear you say that because we just ordered one. Ooh, when does it come? It comes on the 20th. So I'm so excited. We're like, when we ordered, it was four weeks out and now it's just a week and a half away. So I'm so excited. I've already been like peeking at some of the different instructors classes to try and get a feel for, for who I like. But if you have any insider tips, greatly appreciate them. Yeah. I absolutely love Jess Sims. I think she is just a total little boss babe and her workouts are so hard, but also too, she's like really likable and like Mm -hmm. music is good, but I've been loving all of the bike boot camp classes that they've been coming out with. Those have been actually more my favorites than just like the cycling alone. Yeah. So are those classes like on and off the bike all on the same class? Yeah. Okay. Probably like 10 to 15 minutes on the bike. They treat it as like a full workout within that 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you get off the bike and do either like core abs, arms, legs. It's kind of like a mixture. And then you get back on the bike and they kind of just keep rotating, but Mm -hmm. it's a nice, just little break in between. And I feel like I push myself really hard in those classes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm staring right now at the corner of our living room where our (laughs) bike is going to go. We already have like the mat rolled out. Our shoes have already come. So it's like in a basket over there. We're just like counting down the minutes till the bike gets here. And I shamefully even messaged Peloton a couple times to just be like, are there any cancellations in my area? Can we get it earlier? They're like, no. I definitely did that probably three or four times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've reached out. It's like the same person that responds. I'm like, hey, it's me again. Like, hope your day is going well. Uh, <laughs> any updates? <laughs> no, I feel like that's the way to do it though. Cause that's truly how I got mine like a few months earlier than I was expected. So I think just keep trying that. I mean, the 20th is not that far away though. So yeah, like you'll be okay. Yeah, we're we're getting closer. I'll probably calm down on it now. But <laughs> I saw one of the the Peloton trucks in our neighborhood the other day, and I was like, "Is it ours? Is it coming early?" And Billy was like, "Well, wouldn't they have reached out to us if it was ours?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, yeah, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> well, the excitement's there, so I feel like Christmas when it finally knocks on your door. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I feel like besides those two things, I feel like 
those have been the two items I've prioritized for myself and just keeping like some consistency with all the craziness and hecticness of 2020 and now 2021, Mm -hmm. just having some of those consistencies that I can control have been, been really beneficial just to me emotionally and physically. Definitely. I agree. I just started, I've never been a gym person, like never been consistent with working out and Billy and I in the past few weeks have been really leaning into that, trying to close our rings on our Apple watches every day and just even like walking around the neighborhood. And like, it truly has helped just like clear my mind at the end of the day. Like it helps me transition from like, okay, I'm in this like heads down work mode. And then I go on that walk and like free my mind a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay. Like now I can relax. Yeah. Especially like for me too, like I love my Peloton, but also, too, there was something about going to an actual studio and not having a screen controlled to you. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's why the walks for me have been super instrumental is because I have no screen time during them. I usually try to at least silence my phone. Sometimes I can leave it. But during the workday, I usually have it with me. But at least I can separate from the screen time and like actually step away because... I mean, we're tied to our phones, our computers, and then now with even Peloton being a screen, like you can't really escape it. Right. Those have definitely been the big things though that have just really helped me and just helped my mental space stay as healthy as possible. Definitely. I mean, we're up against, I feel like an almost impossible challenge and I'm hoping 2021 doesn't follow (laughs) 2020 completely, but Fingers crossed. We'll just be cycling our way through, just trying to get by. <laughs> exactly. Instantly, I think of that little like Wicked Witch of the West, like spiking as fast uh, as possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. So I get tagged in a handful of posts every now and again, which I'm very flattered about, about my EQ, which I think Sean Wood tagged me the other day and I had to Google what that was. Shamefully, I know. It's emotional intelligence. And also just my focus on mental health and self-care. I just want to share with everyone a little fun fact that you and I met before I had a single drop of that ability. Pre-therapy, pre-many years of digging deep, and before I even knew who Brene Brown was, I was a very shy, scared, and very lost little 27-year-old soul. So I'm, I'm so glad that I found a therapist. Uh, I was encouraged to go and just live an authentic life and be vulnerable with people. And I'm just really glad that this now kind of feels like a full circle moment. And you and I are reconnecting on this podcast today. And I just like have so much gratitude for, for you and this moment that we're in. Yeah, same here. No, I think it's super special that we're given this opportunity like you said, to connect again after kind of connecting in a space where both of us probably weren't at our strongest. And we didn't really, at least for me, I didn't really know quite who I was or I hadn't built that backbone that I have now. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really fun for us to actually meet again and be these new versions of ourselves that we definitely weren't a few years ago. So it's an opportunity that not many people, I feel like, kind of have. 
Yeah, it's it's really wild. Just like coming back to marketing Twitter and like reconnecting with people that I'd either known in person or just known from online again. It's weird because in those moments I felt like, you know, when we work together, I'm like, wow, all these people know who they are and they're so strong and they just truly know themselves and I have no clue who I am. And you don't really know that other people are going through that. That's just not outward. So it just encourages me to give everyone that I encounter more grace. And if I can show my vulnerability and authenticity, then maybe everyone can. I don't know. I just feel like everyone's a little bit more honest and upfront with kind of mental health and where they are. And maybe a 2020 helped us all with that. I don't know. I totally agree. I think in the last year, especially people have had a lot more empathy towards mental health and taking breaks and just realizing that people are human. And so I just didn't feel like that was common, at least like even two years ago. I just didn't feel like anyone was talking about it. And so it did feel pretty alone or like, it just didn't feel like a lot of people were going through similar emotions or feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm so glad that everyone is now because it, you know, I feel like I'm pretty open to it, but even there's like moments where I'll start to like have anxiety or like get like some negative self-talk in my head. And when other people are talking about it, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'm feeling this way too. Like it has made more meaningful connections with other people around me. And surprisingly, it's not just people in our age group. Like I feel like the older generation is also starting to talk about it a little bit more, which I'm pretty surprised about. Yeah, no, I've been noticing that as well, too. I feel like it's a common topic now kind of across all age groups, because I think people, even the age group that's like has kids or even kind of older generations, too, like they're all going through the same things we are right now Mm -hmm. with just working at home and your routines are just completely not the same as what they were a year ago. And so whether that was dropping your kids off at school or being able to go to the gym first thing in the morning, everyone's world has been rocked one way or another. So I feel like at the bare minimum, it's like an opportunity for everyone to kind of connect on the same level for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Urging anyone that has not leaned into this yet, it is scary. You will get used to it, but definitely encourage you to just be yourself, live your life and talk openly about some of this stuff. Everyone is going through it right now. Yeah. And definitely. And I feel like the other thing is speaking up for what you need and connecting, like even with the marketing Twitter, I feel like it's become a space now where you can just communicate how you're feeling or connect with others in the same field that even if you're not connecting per se, I think just even reading the tweets or reading the blogs that some of these people put out allows for you to realize really quickly that you're not alone. And I think especially being in social media, it's just been fun to see a bunch of different people and a bunch of different roles going through something similar and the tools that they're using and just how they're coping, which has been really cool to see. Definitely. I completely agree. So I also want to talk for a minute or two about imposter syndrome. 
this thing, no matter how hard I try, always rears its ugly ass head now before almost every job I've had. And while consulting at Microsoft, I was paralyzed with fear on a daily basis. I kind of already said, I felt like everyone was so smart. They knew what they were doing. They were confident in who they were as a person. What the hell am I doing here? And who do I think I am to try to do this job? Have you experienced that in the past? A hundred percent. I feel like imposter syndrome, even when it's not called imposter syndrome, I feel like everyone has had a taste of it some way or another in their lifetime, even if they haven't truly realized they have. But I think especially in the age group that we are coming out of college, starting your first few jobs, and just starting to find your path in your career, it's very apparent. (laughs) A lot of it is Mm -hmm. faking it. It's a lot of just kind of jumping in with zero faith that you will land on your two feet. I know, especially like I've had a bunch of different roles within working with Microsoft and Mm -hmm. I have been thrown in a lot of different directions that I wasn't confident that I was going to make it, especially coming out of college. You're not really trained or prepared for any of your roles. I feel like (laughs) post-college, you're not really given the like guidebook that you think you will have. And so a lot of it is just like observing as best you can to figure out how you're going to act the next day. Or for me, like I'm such an observer. And so anytime someone would send a really good email, I would like save that in my drafts. So that way I could like reformat that the next time I sent the email and those little things So that way I could kind of keep up and have people think that I was just in the same level or same playing field as them. But I still get it on a daily basis. Um, And I think as I've kind of established my backbone and gotten it stronger over the years, I feel like it's become a little bit easier to just at least acknowledge that I don't know something or I don't know if if I need to ask questions, for example. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely, I feel like it's never going to go away. I probably will have it (laughs) forever. But I think now it's like we were saying that people just talking about how they're feeling and all these things. I think now imposter syndrome too is something that's also been coming up more regularly in the last year that wasn't previously talked about. Definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. And I feel like when I first got out of college, I was like, I'm going to know everything. Like I'm going to be able to answer anyone's question. Okay. Well, no. (laughs) And I feel like I used to try to pretend that I knew all the answers and I would kind of walk around the question if I wasn't quite sure. And I feel like there's something so empowering by just being like, you know, that's a great question. I don't have the answer for right now, but let me find it and get back to you. I don't know. I feel like that's just such a commanding position now and it's like that's okay like literally no one has every single answer but just committing to that other person that you'll find it and get back to them in a timely manner is usually sufficient enough i am right there with you i feel like that question right there has been or like whenever people would ask a question that we didn't know i was terrified to not answer it and i felt like Mm -hmm. if i didn't know it i would just kind of start 
spewing information about Mm -hmm. the topic. And now I feel like I've gotten to a a really strong point where I can just be like, I, I don't know. And I'll look it up and I'll ask others and I'll get back to you after the meeting. But I think that that is those little ways that we are becoming stronger and mentally like protecting ourselves so we don't mm-hmm. just spiral out <laughs> whenever we get those questions. Yeah, definitely. So I actually tweeted out when I was starting my new job back in December, I was starting to get those imposter feeling vibes and I tweeted out asking for other people's insight on the subject. And I would like to share a few of those now. So at Mindy S. Thomas says, imposter syndrome is felt by all. The more you fight through it, the easier it is to combat it. I don't think I'll ever be cured, but recognizing it and not letting it fully paralyze me is becoming much easier. And I think you and I kind of agree on that. Yes, 100%. At other Jackie O., Something that has really helped me is to create a personal highlight reel, including projects, your best attributes, affirmations, etc. Keep it as a doc on your computer and reference it anytime you have bouts of imposter syndrome. This one I love. I've never been good at keeping like a win document of things that I'm doing well or positive feedback or praise from people. And I think this is so powerful. I love that idea. I think that that's a great opportunity, especially to just sometimes you need that extra just confidence that you're doing well, especially when sometimes you have those weeks where nothing is going right. So just having that as a resource for yourself, I think is super cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next one is actually from you at Georgia Mayor. Start your routine this week and you'll get used to getting up early. That way next week you feel more organized and ready. I actually did that and I felt so good on my first day for it because I'm so used to sleeping and working from home and I had to go into the office. But I definitely appreciated the reminder there to start early, just like going back to school. You get up a little bit earlier every day for the week before. I'm so glad to hear that that worked because I feel like that's been, especially with just quarantine, I feel like our routines and everything have just kind of gone out the window. So that's what I was like, when I first read that you're going back to a new job, I was like, at least like getting up a little early and making coffee. That's not in in the afternoon or whatever. Like it just helps. So that way come Monday morning, you just can focus on what you need to focus on versus just trying to like stay awake or whatever, (laughs) whatever it has you. Yeah. I actually now get up with like an extra 30 minutes in the morning so that I can just like have some quiet time. Like I'll read through the news a little bit, just kind of wake up and have time for a shower and get ready and just feel like calm in the morning on my way in. So I'm not like rushing around, like trying to finish getting ready and grabbing a breakfast bar on the way out the door. And it has definitely helped just set my mornings up for success that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that that's just super important to have that time in the morning because at the end of the day, it's like just having that time allows for you to just kind of focus on what you need, which is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a few more here at Stetson says the fear never leaves us. We all experience it. We just get better at learning to no longer let it define us. Deep breath in through the nose, exhale out the mouth and strut confidently. I love that. 
M. Diesel says, the best advice I ever got was this. We don't need the best mechanic in the world or the best plumber or the best carpenter. Just someone who knows a little how to use the tools a little better than we do. If you can do that, you can add value. That's the truth. (laughs) That is the absolute truth. And I read that and I remember I got goosebumps. I was like, retweet, like, quote, tweet, share on your blog. Like Everyone needs to read that. That's something you want to like print off and like frame and just have it on your desk just for a daily reminder. Right? It was so perfect. And then the last one here is from M West 10. Don't be afraid to admit when you don't know. You learn what you need to know, but don't waste trust by putting on a show. And I think we already touched on that. And I was very grateful for the reminder from him. Yes, no, definitely. I think that that reminder goes hand in hand with just communicating when you are feeling that imposter syndrome and just kind of owning it, I think, too, is a big piece of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, projecting that confidence and you can still be completely confident in something and also not know. Like, you're a boss, you have incredible amounts of knowledge in your mind. So just be upfront and people will respect you for it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I'm so excited to dive into today's topic. Before we do, a quick word from one of my friends. My name's Jason, and I'm a marketer on a mission to make B2B a little less boring. If you're looking for real-world advice on how to rid your company's reputation for being a little stiff, I invite you to check out my podcast, B2B Better. On each episode, I do a deep dive into how B2B companies can do a better job joining the dots between brand building and demand generation without making their customers want to poke their eyes out in boredom. Just search any podcast directory for B2B Better and you can get stuck in straight away or click the link in the description of this episode. See you there. Okay, Georgia, we're here today on this chilly Sunday morning to chat about burnout, more specifically, corporate burnout. A lot of us have felt it, some of us may be feeling it right now, and it's still something that's not as openly talked about as it should be. Should we just dive right in to to hear a little bit more about your story on corporate burnout? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I have been a consultant working on the Microsoft client account for the past four years with a little minor break in between that four years, which was the tipping point for my burnout. I was managing both burnout and grief actually at the same time. And so I feel like when I realized I was at a tipping point, I had pushed myself too far. Mm. I had gotten to a point where I was ready to just walk away from work and leave emails unread, leave projects half finished, which is really, that's not common for me. And so to get to that point was kind of just scary for me personally, because I was so disconnected. I didn't care anymore. I kind of dove back into work in those three years. In those three years, my dad actually passed away. And so I was battling kind of just staying afloat personally and also Mm -hmm. showing up professionally and going through those two things at the same time um, just pushed me to my limit. And so I was realizing that with the corporate burnout perspective, I was working 
nonstop, especially in the world of social. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. You just don't turn off. And so I was waking up before my alarm in the morning and just having full-blown breakdowns of, I don't want to go to work today, or I didn't want to start work today because I just didn't have the mental capacity for it. And I feel like with being young in my career, I didn't feel comfortable just kind of owning that I couldn't do it that day. And so I would just kind of put on my big girl pants and just kind of start the day, even though it started so negatively. And it was just kind of a common theme for me. And I think too, it was before the time, like where I feel like if I was going through all this now, I feel so much more comfortable saying like, I need a mental health day. Like mm-hmm. I just need to sign off where I wasn't giving myself that grace to do that. And so I was having breakdowns throughout the day. I was taking no breaks. I would barely get up from my chair and I was just at everyone's beck and call, especially I feel like a lot of people can relate to that being social. Someone needs something all the time and everything is urgent or due yesterday. And so I wasn't comfortable saying no to people. I, I just have a yes man personality in general. And so a mixture of that with the grief and then also to just trying to perform and actually do well in my career, a mixture of all of those things led me to a point where I just tapped out. It was about three years working on the client. I came to a point where I just said, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't care how I was going to leave. I didn't care what that would mean for my career. I was just tired and knew that I couldn't do another day, another week, another month with how I was currently working and just living in general. And so I decided to step away. I full on just put in my two weeks. Um, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I was ready to just start something completely new. And I think too, I was naive to think that the burnout was just corporate Mm -hmm. when really I think I was just burnt out in general. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it was a mixture of life, a mixture of losing my dad, a mixture of work. It was just, it was everything, but I think I just associated it with work. And so I thought things would get better having a new job. And I thought like, I could do things differently with a new job. And that just wasn't the case. I did start a new job here in Portland for a few months. And even to my disbelief, I realized I missed working for corporate America and Mm -hmm. Microsoft. I missed the hustle and bustle. I missed like working for a company that was doing cool things and had a great social presence. And so I did miss aspects of that. And I took probably six months off in total and then went back to the client and the consulting agency and asked if there would be an opportunity for me to ever come back. And I wasn't expecting 
right away or even a yes answer per se. I just wanted to see if it would be an opportunity. And surprisingly enough, they had a role kind of ready and they said, we'd love to have you back. And so it was, for me, it was an opportunity though to go back to yes, the same team and same company, but also as a completely different person. I learned so much about myself and what I needed personally to do well in my career. And so I came back as a team lead on this team. And it was a really cool opportunity for me because I knew coming back, I really wanted to change how things used to be. First and foremost, taking lunch breaks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that was one of the biggest things like day one, I was kind of hounding my team being like, I'm going to be taking a daily walk for an hour. And I want you guys all to take a lunch break, go play with your kids, do whatever you need. But I need everyone to step away. And if you're feeling like you can't, we need to address that issue. Right. Yeah, it was just a cool opportunity for me coming back to like actually share with others instead of just trying to like do that with just myself. And so coming back, it's been actually one of the more positive experiences I've had professionally because Mm -hmm. I've really... I've been given the opportunity to not only come back to the team, but I also have come back just stronger and more mentally strong and been able to really like say no when I need to not be that yes man personality that I was a year ago. And then also too, like what we were saying, like owning up to that imposter syndrome and saying like, I don't know the answer I need additional help in figuring this out or also to like, I can't get to that right now. I'm actually on a walk with Finn. Mm-hmm. And so those things for me, like they seem kind of like no brainer things to some people, but like I would go on walks or try to go on walks <laughs> and I would get a ping and it would give me so much anxiety and stress that I would turn around on my walk. Because mm-hmm. I just mentally was like, I'm not allowed or I, I need to get to this right now. And it was so crippling that I would literally, yeah, I'd be on my walk for less than a few minutes and just be like, I can't do it. I need to go back and just sit mm-hmm. down. Where now I just have that full confidence where I can be out on a walk and just say I'm out on a walk or I'm away from my computer, which for me has been so freeing and given me that confidence boost that I'm human and I will do great work for you. And I will give my hundred percent, but I also need to prioritize myself and my time. And in doing that, I'm going to get to you in an hour after my walk. Yeah, definitely. I feel like for those that haven't experienced being a consultant especially in the social realm of consulting, it's very, very hard. And that ping 
the anxiety you get from the ping, I know that feeling to my core. Every once in a while, I'll hear like a chime from Outlook and it still gives me like PTSD flashbacks of like, I need to look at that right now. And it's so easy to get caught up in that yes man mentality as a consultant because you want to do work, great work for your client. You want to be readily available. You want to get it all done in five minutes and impress them and be of value. And it's easy to forget sometimes that you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're not prioritizing yourself and what you need in that moment, like you're going to get to a place of burnout very, very quickly as a consultant. And I, I didn't realize that before my first time consulting when I was at Microsoft. It's, it's tough. It's hard to balance. Yeah. That was one of the big things that I was actually like most excited about when I put in my two weeks was to like delete Outlook and Teams and (laughs) everything from my phone because I did have extreme PTSD hearing that ping go off. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you realize, especially like now being on the team for about four years, I've really realized that there is a lot of different personalities we are just going to work with throughout our careers. And Mm -hmm. There are people that work all hours and there are people that are working to constantly get ahead. And then there's others that they're working through their own insecurities of making sure that they're performing as fast as possible. So it's finding where you fit in, in that mix of people and setting your own boundaries. I think that's just something I... I didn't set any boundaries before. And when I wanted the boundaries, it was too late. And I think my biggest piece of advice, if I could give it to anybody, is setting those boundaries up front, day one of your job. So that way people understand that like you do need to step away or you do have too much on your plate. Because I think otherwise, it's just really hard six months in or a year in to then be like, oh no, I need to step away and take right. a walk. And it just, it doesn't come as naturally as when you kind of just own it in the beginning. Yep. And that's something that I'm trying to build in with the teams that I'm working with right now. I, I work on a global team. There's people in Europe, there's people in Asia, and there's a ton of people here in the States. So I have early, early morning pings pings all day long, and then pings late at night. And it really takes an effort from myself to not immediately just respond because I don't want to set that precedent that I'm always available and willing to crack my computer at four in the morning or 11 o'clock at night to respond to something that probably doesn't need a response in that moment. Those boundaries are so important. And like you said, they're so hard to implement after the fact. It definitely can be done. And I would encourage you to to try as soon as you can when you realize you need them. But doing it up front, I feel like really just sets you up for success throughout the, the course of your career at that company. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So let's see. Knowing what you know now, can you identify any of the warning signs that you might have missed on the kind of burnout train the first time around? <laughs> I feel like I was a walking red flag um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for a while. And 
my parents realized it right away too, but I think I was just too sucked in um, to really realize how it was negatively impacting me. But I think the big Mm -hmm. things that were just obvious to others, but not to me was truly not getting up from my chair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like not eating lunch or eating lunch purely at my computer and like never taking a break. And I think that for me, I was like, oh, I'm just being more effective. I'm eating while I'm working. I can get more done. And then that will allow for me to like potentially go to my workout class at the end of the day. Like I was thinking I was doing more work by not taking breaks, but really I was just doing a huge disservice to myself because Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to step away. And so I feel like that was one of the biggest red flags (laughs) for sure for me. And then I think what you even mentioned with like getting pings at all hours of the night and morning it's really hard to not respond because Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't articulate that it might not be urgent. And so to them, it might be like pressing because they're trying to finish a project that they're working on or a deck, or they need that piece of information. But also too, like when it's 10 PM, like it's okay to wait until the next morning when you actually open your computer and kind of have that cup of coffee in front of you. Mm -hmm. It's okay to just say like, Oh, I'm just now seeing your ping. This is the information you need. But I wasn't doing that. I would respond to every ping that came in, which resulted in that PTSD um, of hearing that noise because I was terrified to turn my phone off or keep it on silent because I may miss something and that would be negative towards my performance or show that I was not responsive. And I think that that was another just red flag of just how I was kind of dwindling at that point. I was, like you said, pouring from an empty cup. I was, I was in negative (laughs) territory (laughs) at this point, but you got to step away like you have to close your computer. You need to truly just be like, even if it's 20 minutes to go and like watch a Netflix show or something Mm -hmm. during the day, like you've got to step away because otherwise I felt like at the end of the day, like once five o'clock hit, it still takes a long time for your brain to turn off And so it's like with these small breaks that I've been now giving myself throughout the day, it's been so beneficial because then I can come back and actually feel like refreshed after a walk and feel like I can actually power through the rest of the afternoon and feel good 100% signing off at 5 p.m. and like feel good about that versus, oh man, like I'm signing off right at five. Like that seems early or like, Right. Anything like that. Yeah. I feel like when you're in it, sometimes you're too close. And it's like that saying, you can't see the forest through the trees. I feel like the people around you that know you the best will speak up at some point. Obviously, don't just rely on them. Like, try to be aware yourself. But listen when those people come to you. Like, my family has come to me. Billy has come to me and been like, hey, I think you might be overdoing it here. Like, 
maybe just take a step back, like take five, 10 minutes to breathe. Like, let's look at this together. And, you know, I would encourage anyone that is having those conversations with the people around them to just stop and listen to them and kind of take stock of where you're at because you might be too close to see that maybe they are right and you're well on your way to burnout. Yeah. And I think too, with being all of us working from home now, everyone is seeing a really unique side of their partners and roommates and children because Mm. you are seeing those like hidden parts that's really easy to hide from others when you were just by yourself. And that was, for me, that was the first time that my boyfriend Kyle realized how it was negatively impacting me. He, I was having multiple, multiple breakdowns throughout the day. And then like I would go from severe sobbing to jumping right back into a ping because I just got one. And Mm -hmm. there was no like moment to step away and be like, oh, let's just maybe go on a walk. Like I just would jump right back in. And he was like, oh, okay. I did not realize that we were this bad. Like I didn't realize that we were at this stage in it just because I didn't think it was as much of an issue as it actually was. It's easy to minimize that and kind of shield it from people in your life. But like you said, now kind of being in the same house or maybe even in the same room all day as that other person, it's tougher to, to suppress some of that. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are probably realizing a lot of things about the people that they live with and their partners and everything. But I think it's all beneficial in the long run because that's kind of how we protect each other and support each other and kind of break those habits. Oh yeah. At the start of quarantine, Billy and I were laughing because we had never heard each other's Zoom voices before. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, oh, like, so that's how you talk in meetings. Like it, it's just interesting. Yeah. You learn a lot. And I always call it my babysitter voice. Yeah. <laughs> I like, it's always so much different than how I am just sitting on the couch. Yeah. So <laughs> So what does self-care look like for someone that works in social, which is arguably one of the toughest fields to be in right now, given the state of the world and for one of the world's biggest brands? I'm still learning a ton. And I, but I feel like what I've learned so far is for me, like what we've mentioned before, it's taking those breaks. And right now I take at least two right now. Um, like one that's a full walk and another one that's just walking around doing laundry. I don't know, whatever it is that day for me. But the other thing too, is I set my phone now on do not disturb, um, every night until about when I wake up in the morning. And so that's given me just the peace of mind that I'm not going to wake up to emails coming through or pings. And if something's truly urgent, like I do have the right people and my favorite, so it will notify me or Mm -hmm. I've set it up. So that way, like if it's truly urgent, someone will know how to get a hold of me. Right. And so I think that that's allowed me to sleep better at night and just actually relax at the end of the day. And so that's been a huge help for me. And I think working in social too, 
everyone can relate. Like we're getting constant pings, whether it's from social platforms, emails, team members, texts, anything. And so just being able to give yourself the correct amount of hours to actually just sleep and sign off, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. The other thing for me is prioritizing just movement in general, whether that's yoga, a cycling class, a boot camp class, a walk, but having that movement or like being able to sweat has truly also allowed for me to just release any stress from that day because mm-hmm. I feel like, especially just with the climate of everything going on in the world and and then you tack on work stress, your body needs to release something at the end of each day. And so it's been super important for me. And one of the biggest things I feel like I always providing advice for people is at least having 30 minutes a day to just move your body, Mm -hmm. step away from a screen time or just whatever you need. But having that 30 minutes just will benefit you in the long run. So that way you don't have a week's worth of stress that you're trying to release come like Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's probably one of the best tips that I've gotten, especially since the start of quarantine. And it's a very new practice for me, but one that I am finding a lot of value in. And, you know, with each day, I find myself craving it a little bit more, just that kind of movement and it doesn't have to be oh, I'm going to go do this CrossFit class, but just getting some some fresh air, getting blood to my other extremities, not just sitting in a chair all day, seeing nature and even just other people walking around on the street. I just feel so much lighter by the time I get back, even if I don't necessarily want to go when I first take those steps out the door, I usually always feel better coming back. Yeah. It's like you're feeling constantly refreshed and you're just giving yourself that time and space to actually be human. Mm -hmm. Speaking of what's the biggest takeaway from the pandemic or quarantine that you'll carry with you into the future? For me, I'd say empathy. I, I've realized that this year for a lot of people, they've lost loved ones, they've lost jobs, they've gone through a lot. And I think for me, having realized that the pain of some of those things before 2020, it's really allowed for me to be extremely just empathetic to everyone and what they're going through this year and in the, during the pandemic and quarantine. And I feel like that's the big thing I just want to continue to carry on each year um, and through each crazy thing that life is kind of throwing at us right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that others too should really focus on because I think it's now given people kind of a look at things that they didn't have any connection to prior to all of this. Some people didn't know what it was like losing a loved one or losing a job um, or being alone in your apartment if you lived alone or any of those things. And so I think that 2020 was kind of just a lot (laughs) in general of a year. There are a lot of positives that I feel like we can take from it because 
it's just showing that all of us are human and that while 2020 may be the year that was the hardest for you, it may not have been the hardest for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd say for me, empathy is definitely the biggest takeaway that I want to walk away with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that in this past hour, you've, you've shed so much light on a subject that I think a lot of people are dealing with internally or or just on their own. And I appreciate all of your insight and your advice. I hope that everyone that's going through burnout, whether it's corporate or just personal life, I mean, it's probably all of us to be honest, but I hope that everyone just takes something from this podcast episode into the future with them. Practice empathy for yourself, for others around you. Talk more openly about these things. If you need someone to talk to, we're here for you, is is what I'm trying to say. You are not alone in this. So Georgia, thank you so much for being my guest and talking about this subject. It is very important and honestly kind of timed perfectly. Where can the people find you? Yes. So I'm always here if anyone ever just needs additional advice, someone to listen to, or just wants like a listening ear. I'm always available, but you can follow me on all my social handles. It's just Georgia Mayor. It's the same on Instagram, Twitter, and Peloton. So if anyone wants to do a Peloton workout with me, that's where you can find me. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much, David. This has been a great opportunity for me just to kind of speak my past and my emotions and how I've worked through it. But I'm still definitely a work in progress. So I appreciate you just sharing all this wisdom with me and um, having this podcast because I think it's extremely important and just so timely. So Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity and I just feel really honored and special to be a part of it. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited for our our future check-in to see how we've grown since today. Yes, I know. It'd be amazing how far we've come. (laughs) All right, everyone. I have linked all of our social channels down in the description. It's a little bit different depending on the platform you're in, but you should be able to locate those And please give us a follow, give us a review, a shout out, whatever you need. We are here for you. And please practice self-care and empathy and move into this year with positivity and light and belief that the world will get better. 